This episode contains stories and talk of sexual assault and rape that might be inappropriate or uncomfortable for some listeners. If you have questions or concerns involving sexual assault, please visit the Utah Coalition Against Sexual Assault's website. You can also call Utah's 24-hour sexual violence crisis hotline at 1-888-421-1100 and call 911 for immediate help. And visit UVU's campus police website at uvu.edu slash police. Good morning. Welcome to UVU Today, a morning news podcast by students for students. I'm Mikkel Newkirk. And I'm Ethan Morse. Today is Monday, March 19th, and it is a great day to be a Wolverine. It is a great day to be a Wolverine. So um, speaking of Wolverines, I actually have two non-Wolverines with us today. Um, my two roommates, Allison and Mavi, are here um, joining us today. Um, I'm going to let them kind of introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Allison. Um, I am about to graduate from BYU this spring in finance and i'm gonna go work for polaris in a little bit so i'm excited for that but that's a little bit about me hi i'm mavi i am from houston texas i am actually on my gap year from byu and i currently work for a solar company in lehigh and that's really all i do so perfect okay so um this episode has been one that i um i know both ethan and i have kind of wanted to do uh for a while it's about an important topic so today we're going to be talking about um sexual assault and amongst other things women's safety on campus is our main focus on college campuses just across the United States. So here are some facts that are specific to Utah. So one in six women in Utah experience rape or will experience rape, and one in 25 men. Uh, Rape is the only violent crime in Utah that is higher than the national average. So um, reported rape in Utah was significantly higher than in the U.S. at 56.8% per 100,000 adults compared to 42.6 per 100,000 adults um, for the U.S. average. So quite a significant percentage difference. And then one in three women will experience some form of sexual violence in their lives. So I kind of want to start off with a conversation. Uh, We've all lived near campus, near college campuses and college town. Um, Just I don't know, maybe like on a scale of one to 10, like how safe do you feel on campus or have you felt, you guys talk about BYU, I'll talk about UVU. Um, overall, how do you think the campus did as far as safety? It depends on the time of day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, when it's dark out, I don't walk home from campus, even though we live, what, like eight minutes away from BYU campus. Mm-hmm. Um, I would call a friend. I know that also like the BYU parking police like have an escorting thing that they can take you home. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I've just always avoided it because the few times I've done it, it's seriously scary. Like your heart is racing. Um, I I live South campus. And when you're walking down that um, Mm -hmm. ramp, uh, there's like a ramp and it's just like, it's pretty, there's trees, but like, that's what's scary about it too, is that there's trees and there's this hill and it's very secluded Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of my experience. 
Um, I've always learned to always have a buddy, always have a partner with you, especially if it's night, um, even on campus, like Allison was saying, it's beautiful and it is a really nice campus. And um, luckily, BYU is like the safest campus in the nation, but it, do- it still doesn't take away that whenever it is dark, you do want to always be safe. And I have never walked home from campus. I think I'm also one of the weird ones. Uh, it doesn't matter how pretty it is outside or if it's light out, I always drive to campus. I never walk. Um, and that's just something that's always been instilled in me since I was little. But um, yeah, I think even though it is a safe campus, always having someone with me, um, walking home. Um, like I said, I don't even walk home. So um, walking around campus, I always have someone with me. Yeah. I mean, um, even on UVU's campus, I always call someone if I'm walking at night into my car. And even that is like sketch because it's yeah. like it's like my phone really? being on the, the phone with someone is far away, isn't it? Yeah, the parking lots are pretty far away um, and it can be scary. You know, you do what you can. You hold your mace. Yeah, I have yeah. mace. Um, Ethan, I kind of wanted to hear from you. Uh what have you ever had a time and I guess I'm going to compare men and women here where you have felt unsafe on campus yeah well I'm I'm happy to uh speak for all men here and now speaking but no honestly I've you know I, that's something I've thought of more recently and it's really only because like I've never really been afraid of being on campus mm-hmm. I, and I guess I've only been there a handful of times at night so that definitely contributes to it. But even during those times, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I can't really say I've ever had a time where I've been more mindful than not of what my surroundings are, what my situation is. Yeah, that's like, um, I remember being a freshman and I was sitting in one of my classes and I was talking about being afraid to walk alone at night. And one of the guys in my class was like, I've never felt that before. I did find an interesting statistic on college campuses. So 14.3% of students in Utah report experiencing sexual violence in the past 12 months. So 14% of students, uh, that was college students in Utah, and that's of the ones that report it. Um, So in, I'm just going to be spitting facts at you guys. (laughs) I just want you guys uh, to know Utah so well. I'm going to I'm going to talk about one more and then jump to our next question. But I did find something. So in 2016, the Utah Behavioral Risk Factor Surveillance System showed that the majority of rape victims, 87.8 percent previously knew their perpetrator. Only 3.9 percent reported they were on a first date. Two percent reported that they knew the person for less than 24 hours. And 6.3 percent reported that their perpetrator was a complete stranger. So I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that. I know we talk a lot about it being someone you don't know, but I want to talk about it being someone you do know, considering 87% of people that report rape, it's someone that they know or previously have known. How do, I mean, that's so hard. It's so hard to recognize those things. And I mean, how can we create a space where people would even feel comfortable to share that? experience? Yeah. So for me, it's, I mean, when it comes to somebody, you know, it usually couples with dating and this can be like, like the statistics show, like first date, second date, third date, you could really know the person. And so for me, it's, it's a consent thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the bottom line of it because I have gone on like a bunch of first dates where I don't even know that person and they can't even pick me up. And I don't know, I should have been more cautious, but um, 
you know, and I've also gotten off dates where I'm like, oh, or like, you know, like I'm like, you regret something or anything like that. And so here's my thing I would say a lot of times um, when you're with somebody and especially if it's like physical, just don't like it's better to over ask, like over consent, be over consensual than under consensual, because when you're in the moment, sometimes you just don't know what's going on. Um, and so, you know, if you're with somebody new and you're like, I don't know, that's just kind of my thing. And you guys can like chime in, but it's, yeah. you know, a lot of that stuff like sexual harassment and, and sexual abuse, you don't realize it until after it happens. Um, so Yeah. So I have to like piggyback off of Allison for sure. Whenever it comes to meeting someone new, I think setting those boundaries from the very beginning, or even if you need to be aggressive and saying no, I mean, it's so much easier said than done whenever you're in that situation. Cause I can attest um, where I've always been like, Oh, I'm just going to say no or push them away. And sometimes it's, it just feels easier to like not say anything. But like Allison said on both aspects, not even if you're a man, like making sure like it's like, okay but also as a woman making sure that what you're doing is okay like if it does get physical and just making sure that you have that consent and even if it's someone that you know setting those boundaries and making sure that those boundaries like that that person is well aware of those boundaries um i think that's the biggest thing oh absolutely so jumping back to college campuses do you think especially in utah do you think our college campuses could be safer because in my opinion, I totally think they could be. I don't know how we could do that more, but I think there's a different culture in Utah of those things. And I think yeah. they could be treated differently. So BYU, we get emails every time there's like a sexual assault situation. Do you get those, Mobby? Not anymore. <laughs> so um, yes, I've actually like this semester, there's been like two or three and it's usually, and it's so sad. It's usually just like, not just, it's usually a, somebody around freshman dorms, um, Mm -hmm. like a groping incident and stuff like that, or near campus. So it's not, I mean, I I could be wrong. There could have been some like right directly on campus, but it's a lot of times, uh, dorms are really targeted, which is so sad and scary because these are, you know, people that just got out of high school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and that's like a huge targeted area or just like spots close to campus even if it's close to campus they'll still send out a report so like obviously there is huge room for improvement a lot of times when it's just like those random perpetrators they're not like actual BYU students I don't think sometimes they are and sometimes they're not so that's hard too well with like BYU I know that they have an app that you can like access and it it you can like request BYU to BYU police to like walk you out to your car or wherever. Um, but I think a lot about the Laura McCluskey case at the University of Utah and how the university failed her. Um, and this just goes all around for all of the unit, like all universities in Utah and universities everywhere. But back to your question, like how can universities make things safer? It's hard to answer that because I feel like in most cases, some universities do, but also they don't. Um, so I feel like in a way I take it into my own hands and I carry mace. I carry a taser. <laughs> don't let everyone know that, but now everyone does. Um, but I always, in a way, take it to like into my hands. Cause in a way, like you have to always depend on, depend on yourself, uh, most importantly, and getting out of those situations. So 
Ethan, did you want to add to that? I did. I didn't want to interrupt, but I I did want to bring up another point where I think it's important that, you know, like, what can we do to make things safer? Like, I think these are all important things that we should do, although it is, I think, sad that um, we have to resort to these things. But I think it's important that, like, you know, w- women are not the problem here. Like, the, the victims of these things are not the issue. It's, um, I say, it's the men who do these things and also just the culture. And on culture, as far as the men's side of things that I would highlight, I think that kind of with the consent that was talked about earlier, like the idea that being pushy is okay when, you know, I think like maybe in movies and stuff, that's kind of what's seen as okay. But really in real life, that's that's not okay. And I think that's what leads to a lot of these situations where, you know, someone says no, like, no, I'm, you know, and they try to be nice about it. But then that niceness is taken as a way to... Keep, for the man to keep being aggressive and keep pushing it and pushing it to the point where, you know, maybe they give in or it's just a bad situation no matter what. And yeah, and the second point is that I think that I think we need to be, and I, I'm, I'm saying we as men, because I'm representing all men in this conversation, but yeah, you know, as these cases have come up in the media and stuff, and I've become more aware of these things, and that's been tied to the fact that like, you know, my sisters are growing up and I'm seeing you know, they're going to go off to college and stuff. But I think the two for men to call other men out when they're seeing stuff like this, you have a friend that's always being super pushy with girls he meets or just, yes, you know, some, those things aren't <laughs> right. And you can call your friend out and say, Hey man, like take it easy, you know, and not that that's necessarily going to stop every problem. But I think that those are two things that, you know, on, on my side of things where like, I'm not worried about being a victim, but that doesn't mean that, Oh, well, I have a free pass because I, Oh, I would never do that, you know, but mm-hmm. men need to do more rather than expect, oh, hey, just carry taser, you know, learn self-defense. Like, yeah, those are good things, but like, that's a band-aid on an issue that needs to be fixed in a different way, in my opinion. Yes, Ethan, that just reminded me of something, what you just said of like, well, it's not my issue. Like, that's not going to happen. You know, like I had, I overheard a conversation that has really freaked me out and it was, um, a group of boys and we were about to go into a lecture and somebody from the Title IX office at BYU on sexual harassment was going to come um, talk to our major just about sexual harassment in the workplace. And I just overheard a group of boys talking and they literally said, like, why do we even have to do this? Like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to harass a woman sexually. And like, it just was like, I was so mad because I was like, you know, you just really missed the point, didn't you? <laughs> like, I'm like, it's not that we're saying you are going to do this. It's we need help. Like, we're tired. Women, we're, I'm like really tired. Women and men are, sorry, I, I, th- I think we keep defaulting to only women are sexually harassed. Women and men. But, you know, I'm tired of constantly being 110% aware of my surroundings. And I would love it if men were more aware of that. And and like you said, like saying to a coworker or a friend, like, yo, you have to leave her alone. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, or um, even reporting something to HR that you see, even though yes. it didn't happen to you or something like that. And I was just so kind of grossed out by that conversation because it made me mad. I was like, these are the guys I'm going to be working with. Um, mm-hmm. And they don't care because they think it doesn't have anything to do with them. And I think like you hit it right on the nail of like talking about that. Like, no, this has every, this conversation is for everyone. Absolutely. And I saw a movie called Promising Young Women 
which I suggest highly, highly suggest every man and woman and person that exists watch this movie. But it kind of showed that culture of like, oh, not my problem. Not my thing. You see a woman in a bar, she's drunk. You see someone, you know, it's not, it's not my thing. It's, it's, it's not about me. Um, and I think we just need to help each other and defend each other. And that goes specifically towards men. Yeah. And stop walking so close to me in the parking lot. Oh my gosh. Or standing close to me. Honestly, I think about it with like social distancing and how people like stand, how we social distance. And I'm like, why has this never been a thing before? Like men have been standing so close to me. Like I should have, I, why did I ever allow any man to breathe the same air as me? Um, I'm kidding. No, but it's honestly like it's eye opening. but even going back to kind of what you were saying, Mikkel, like, like seeing a girl drunk at a bar or like whatever, and how it's like, Oh, it's not my problem. I think it also, there's some responsibility on not only men, but also on women. If we see someone else, like whether it's a man or a woman in a very uncomfortable situation to stand up for that person and check like, Hey, are you okay? Or like, Hey, is everything going good? If, if you're feeling it and it's, or you're seeing something going on and you're not feeling the vibe or it's off or it feels off, check on that person. Cause you never know what kind of situation they might be in or what situation they could get into later on. So, I mean, I always say I'd rather be overcautious than not and check on someone and someone be like, oh, she's weird. Why? Like everything's fine. Then, you know, me ignoring that feeling that I had about checking on some girl. And then later that night she gets sexually assaulted. So I think that's also another thing, like another call on not only men, but also on women to make sure if you feel something or you see something that doesn't sit right, just to check on it, make sure everyone's good and then go on with your day. (laughs) One of my favorite TikTok trends is that I've seen people do is recording themselves going up to someone that looks uncomfortable in the situation and pretending to know that person and get them out of the situation. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something so important and like so necessary. Um, If you see something, say something. Um, I found a statistic that said, going to jump right back in with the statistics. Uh, So in 2016 in Utah, an estimated 23.2% of rape or sexual assault was reported to the police. So only 23% of sexual assaults were reported in 2016. So that was a minute ago. But um, I think it's hard because we don't know. A lot of people don't know when it's happening to them Mm -hmm. until after. And I just hope that we can educate people to the point where they know that something's wrong while it's happening Mm -hmm. and we can help create a culture, especially in Utah where dating is so pushed and it's so pushed on young people. I was reading that um, this is national research estimates that eight out of every 10 rape victims report they were first raped before they turned 25. So that's eight out of 10. And a lot of people don't realize it until after it happens. Yeah. I kind of wanted to talk a little bit. So this is something that I've just always been interested in. And I've watched a lot and read a lot about. I read a book by Chanel Miller. This is a really famous Stanford rape case. And the reason I wanted to bring it up is because it did happen on a college campus. It did not happen to a student. Chanel was not a student at the time, but she was at a party. And her case was really interesting because she was passed out because she was drunk when it Mm -hmm. happened. And I think because a lot of people in Utah don't drink, 
we forget that these situations happen and we forget that they're also not okay. Uh, this case was just really interesting because the the guy, Brock Turner, who it was against, never really said sorry. He yeah. just apologized for drinking and not for the assault itself. And her victim statement is really powerful. And I'm going to read a portion of it just towards the end. But how do you guys think, I mean, not only educating men and women, but how have you guys like, I guess, seen the power of that, like education? Like, I know we like to focus on all of it failing, but like in my life, I've been able to notice when my sisters have been in a relationship that wasn't good. And so it was a power of education that helped me. I guess I kind of want to focus on some some good things that come out of talking about it. With my sisters, I have two older sisters and a younger brother. Um, and so they, I was in a really not good relationship where I actually was sexually abused by that um, person. And I, it took me months to even realize what had happened. And in the moment that I realized it had happened, I froze and I and I, I suppressed it and I just didn't even think about it. But my entire family saw it and they were like, okay, we know the signs of this. How can we get her out of this? But it's also been our job. I feel like we've taken it on as our job to also help raise our little brother to know how to respect a woman, what consent is, and um, make sure that we are raising... Uh, helping raise um, a, a person or a good little human, um, a little man to make sure that he's always respectful to a woman. And anytime he leaves, we're always saying, be respectful. Um, even to like our now married roommate who is leaving when her and her husband got married, I even said, Hey, be respectful. <laughs> like, love you. Love you guys, but make sure you're respectful. And everyone kind of laughed about it, but it's like, no, um, be respectful. And, um, knowing those signs and knowing how to like help people out and getting people out of those nasty situations. I think that was a lifesaver for me. Yeah. Education is, I think, key in all of this. And it's hard because Utah actually doesn't have really good sexual education. Um, They mostly just focus on what's the word? Abstinence. Abstinence. Yeah. But but yeah. And then like the dominant, um, church in Utah also teaches like a law of chastity. And so it's, it's very, uh, um, a taboo topic, which it should not be because I think so much we learn, like you date and then you get married, but it's like, there's some steps in there <laughs> Just like a few. and consent and all that stuff is a huge part of dating that we just don't even talk about as much as we should. And so for me, being older and in in college and talking to my friends about all that stuff and having those conversations was so eye-opening to me. And it makes you realize like what you've been through and also like where you stand with um, what you want and stuff. And so I think just having those conversations and I think for men talk about consent with your bros, you know, like, <laughs> like I think beat ups, talk about, yeah. Consent. Like don't just was- <laughs> only talk about sex or, or whatever. How a PowerPoint night. Yeah. Because if it's only women and, and I don't think it is only women, but you know, like, I think if we both, all of us, um, any gender had conversations about consent and just educating each other, because right now, like in Utah, the education isn't, that's not really in the curriculum very well. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of falls back on like parents and stuff. My, my mom was really, my mom and dad were really good at teaching 
me. So I was lucky. Um, but yeah. Ethan, did you have anything you wanted to add? I mean, I feel like a lot of good points have already been said, and I don't know that I have uh, much to add to that. Then ultimately, it's, I mean, I, I am part of the uh, predominant religion here in Utah. And one of the things that I like about it is that, you know, the, the theology is that we're all brothers and sisters. And so I think looking at it that way, it's like, you know, now that, okay, you become aware of the issues that are real and that are there, and that, you know, it's my responsibility morally, I guess, to watch out for my sisters, like I watch out for my actual sisters, and to, you know, educate my, my brothers and hold them accountable. But I think that mindset for me has at least helped me, I don't know, be be more understanding and be better about the situation, because it is a situation that I like like you guys asked at the beginning like i've never been afraid to walk on campus like i have just i've just walked on campus i just walked wherever i wanted to walk i mean you know even on my mission i just walk around in dark towns at night and like it wasn't an issue and but not i can really, <laughs> <not really laughs> just kidding yeah literally and like just because like i i don't know i've never been that afraid of a situation but that doesn't mean that i can't um one just try to empathize and sympathize but two, use use my voice, use my uh, whatever I can just to make the situation better as much as possible and ultimately change the culture and, um, you know, build, build a better world that we want to see. This has been a great conversation and one that's so important to have with the people you know and love in your life, men, women, non-binary, all of these people that you want to have conversations with. Um, just to kind of close us out, uh, I'm going to read a quote from Chanel Miller uh, that I think is really powerful. And it kind of wraps up how we can help each other. She says in her victim impact statement, when people doubt or dismiss you, I am with you. I fought every day for you. So never stop fighting. I believe you. As the author Anne Lamote once wrote, lighthouses don't go running all over the island looking for boats to save. They just stand there shining. Although I can't save every boat, I hope that by speaking today, you observed a small amount of light, a small knowing that you can't be silenced, a small satisfaction that justice was served. And I just loved that because we can all be a lighthouse to someone. And I hope that as we go through, people feel more comfortable sharing and we can eventually hopefully reach a point where our statistics aren't so bad. Um, that's the hope. And I kind of wanted to say just for everyone listening, you view police, we will link their phone number. Um, they are on campus in the Gunther technology building room 311. Um, you can also look on the Utah coalition against sexual violence information page to learn more about Utah and their statistics. Um, also look into safety escorts at UVU and we will post all of this information on our Instagram. But thank you, Allison and Mavi for being here. This was a great conversation. And of course, uh, thank you to Ethan. This was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to UVU Today. For more on what's happening on campus, you can follow UVU Today on Instagram at UVU Today. As always, please subscribe, like, and follow UVU today wherever you get your podcasts. And have a great day, Wolverines.